there, my name is Shane Craddock and this is the Inner Edge podcast where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable high performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way and indeed there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. Hi there. Today's episode should be a very thought-provoking one. Well, I suppose if I'm being honest, Shane, if you're doing your job, everyone should be thought-provoking, shouldn't they? Otherwise, why would people even listen? Anyway, today I'm going to talk about self-concept. And this hits off self-image, limiting beliefs, areas perhaps where you might have blind spots or... um, Areas where you think you just can't seem to get a break or succeed, or maybe you know you're strong in a few areas, but there's certain couple of areas that just doesn't seem to be your thing. And there is a phrase that I love um, that I heard by a psychologist in North America called Nathaniel Brandon. Well worth checking out. And a phrase that's attributed to him is self-concept is destiny. And what I'm going to say today, and this is what we're going to explore a little bit, is self-concept, I also believe, is destiny unless you see it for what it is. Now, there's a lot that we could explore here, so I'm just going to throw out a few things and we'll see where it takes us. I think ultimately, if you're looking at self-concept, what you're really talking about in a way is what you believe about yourself. So you're talking about the area of belief at a deep level. So it's not just what I think I believe about myself is what you actually believe about yourself. And all of that, I'm sure you would agree with me, comes from your memory, that part of your unconscious mind, your memory. And part of your mind records literally every experience of your life. And some of those experiences are weighted differently emotionally. And that can have a huge, sorry, that does have a huge effect, especially with formative learnings, formative beliefs around your self-image in terms of who I think Shane is or who I think, who you think you are what you're good at, what you don't, what you're not good at, what you like, what you don't like, what your preference are, preferences are, etc. Now, the mind will always go, no, you don't understand, I am good at this and I am bad at that, but really it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because once your mind gets a fixed belief, well, then it kind of is destiny. It will look for reasons to back it up. That's how the mind works. But if you're not aware of that, you can really hold yourself back in certain areas. I'm thinking of a client that I worked with many years ago, a very smart woman, very smart. And I was asked by a friend to help her out, who was going through some challenges with the business at the time. Um, but she just absolutely refused to discuss anything to do with the financials of the business, which presented a problem because <laughs> you have to understand, you got to look at the numbers in business. You don't have to be brilliant at them, but you got to look at them to see where you're at, what's going on as a reality check. Otherwise, it's just like driving in the dark with no lights on in the fog. Um, and so literally, if I mentioned the word numbers of finances, she would break out in a cold sweat. And in the context of self-image or self-concept, she just couldn't see a version of herself dealing with numbers. In fact, it was a complete opposite. It was like this extreme phobia of numbers. So it was like if you had a phobia phobia of, of spiders or rats or whatever, or mice, it was that extreme. She literally would be almost in her mind freaking out. Now, I had to challenge that at a logical level and say, this doesn't make any sense. Just so you know, there's nothing I see about you that tells me you can't understand numbers. 
but she argued with that relentlessly. But maybe because I had a little bit of authority and perhaps was a figure of mild respect, I guess, there was, I got an opening and then I just got her to take action. And I'm going to make a very long story short, but now you talk to that person, they love numbers. So how can that happen? Well, if you can change somebody's self-concept of how they see themselves. Now for her, the reason she thought of herself like that was because uh, of the past, somebody in school, a teacher, had said, you're useless at numbers a couple of times. And she took it in and let it stick. Now, you can blame the teacher. Okay, fine for saying that, not cool. But after that, once you become an adult, you're responsible for what's in your mind. But I would say, like, so the information that was inside her mind, in her memory, which formed her belief about herself, was inaccurate. And you just got to understand that literally everything is recorded in your mind. And we just assume that it's accurate. And a lot of the time, it's not. Uh, another story coming to mind is also with another different woman who, when we were map a CEO, we were mapping out a vision for the future. It was very clear in the business, and she was single at the time, and not so clear on the personal. And I could see as well when I was asking about, part of my job is sometimes to, to kind of draw out and ask somebody, well, what's the impossible here? Like, what would you, what, what are you wishing would happen, but maybe just have given up on? And she just wouldn't, there was one area she wouldn't talk about, which is to relationships. And I said, do you mind me asking, what do you see in the future for yourself in that area? So it came out in a different way. And eventually she kind of broke down and she was crying and she just said, look, being honest, I, I just see a lonely old woman. Wealthy, but lonely, old, alone. And that's, again, self-image, self-concept based on the past. Now, there's no point getting into too much detail on the past, but it was really around uh, something to do with her parents from the past that she had taken on at a deep level. But again, when you bring it out into the light and say, well, hang on now, just because what happened to them, does that mean this should happen to you? Just because you had difficult experiences in relationship in the past, does that mean you're genuinely flawed? Are you the only person in the world that just can't have a sustainable relationship? And that is a very difficult emotional conversation to have, but in fairness to her, she was very open to having it. But she had to kind of own the fact that this was in her mind and be open to the fact that, okay, well, let's explore perhaps uh, a different option. And a few weeks later, maybe I'm thinking four or five weeks later, when we met again, she walked into the into my office, visibly changed. I mean, I'm talking like, it was like she was two inches taller and she was bright and she'd like, she'd become 10 years younger. It was shocking. And so I said, well, I said, this is interesting. What's happened? And she said, you know, it's funny. She said, you know, the last conversation we had was difficult, but maybe, maybe a week after that or so, I just woke up one morning and it just dawned on me. I thought, hang on a second here. I'm letting my past, which is the past, and it's not accurate. I'm letting that influence my future and even how I see the future right now. And she kind of said, I just had this amazing realization that I could change the way I'm looking at myself. I could just see something different for myself in the future. I just thought very differently. Now, that's what I would call a mind shift. That's where a person shifts their perception from one level to another. It's very difficult um, to enable that uh, proactively. But I suppose part of what I work at is trying to create the inner conditions for it to happen but she had that shift and so essentially she allowed herself to free herself 
of the inaccurate recordings in her mind in that area. Now, what, what's interesting in this, because there's no guarantee with anything, but she just relaxed and she said, you know what? She said, um, I, I can see myself meeting somebody in the future now, but to be honest with you, I also don't care. I've realized I don't want to depend on somebody for my happiness. So there was that realization as well. So in a way, she wasn't overly attached to kind of bringing in this image in her mind in a forced way, which a lot of people do. They force it in. She, she wasn't really attached to it. It was more the resistance to the possibility of it relaxed away, if that makes sense. So I, ho I hope you're kind of hearing that this is something that affects everybody. I mean, I, I don't know anybody, including Shane, where I'm always curious to see, oh, what's my mind saying about this situation? Um, like, what's it saying about my ability to succeed? Is it, is it making me question myself whether I can do it, whether that's me? I mean, this is a real area, and I think a great question sometimes to consider is like, what's the belief that's holding me back here? Because that will indicate perhaps, sorry, well, actually not perhaps, but definitely what, what is the self-concept? Now, sometimes you can do this yourself. Sometimes you can kind of get, um, you, might, you might need to get some help to, to lead it out. Sometimes it can be done with a friend who understands some of this kind of thing. Um, it's what I call, in a way, the iceberg effect. So that if you think about an iceberg, the tip of the iceberg is what you see above the waterline. And, and the mass of the iceberg, though, the bit that you're worried about if you're the captain of a ship sailing through ice or icy area, you're worried about what's underneath the waterline, which you can't see. And your mind's the same. The tip of the iceberg is kind of what you're aware of now. Your mind is thinking as I'm talking. It's perhaps analyzing some of what I'm saying. That's the tip of the iceberg. That's the inner narrator. But the mass of the iceberg underneath the waterline is really the home of your memory, the home of your self-image or identity. And that is um, where really the, the power of your mind is. There's lots of good in there, like really good stuff, like in terms of habits, um, even the ability to kind of get stuff done and how you think. There's so much good in there. But yeah, there can also be bad things in there. And that's what I'm talking about today is sometimes a little bit of dirt in the, in the lens that you're looking through. And you may not even question that dirt. Tiny, tiny, tiny little plug. It's, this is definitely something that we get into in more detail in my Mindshift program. And that's starting soon, if you're listening to this. Um, I'm recording this early September. We're registering at the moment. It'll probably be closed within about two weeks' time, around about the 23rd of September or so. We start on the 4th. So if you were listening to this and you're interested and you've been thinking about it, well, maybe now's the time to jump. But don't dilly-dally. So how do we change, I guess, our self-image? Now, you might, you might already be getting a slight idea about how, and I think... Without a doubt, you know, your self-image is based on your memories. And if you think about your memories, all of your memories are made up of five senses. What you see, what you hear, what you feel or how you feel, what you taste and what you smell. Now, if you want to install a new image, well then, a new self-image, well then, if you've got a blank slate, it can work quite well. You just spend time imagining the new version of you. And that's what a lot of top sports people do. They spend time... You know, imagining, visualizing. Um, I think imagination is better, by the way, because I think it brings in more of the senses, so it's stickier to your mind. But the problem is, is that if you were like my client who had a fundamental belief that she was bad at numbers, there's no point. You waste the time trying to 
get her to imagine herself um, being good at numbers unless unless we can challenge the existing belief. And I think my favorite one of all that I've discovered over the years is when you really realize that you are not your thinking, that your thinking is primarily coming from the past. It's coming from beliefs based on the past. But ultimately, if you're aware that you're thinking, so right now you can be aware that you're thinking as you're listening to me. Like, what are you thinking? You're aware of that. But then you got, then there's two things in there. Like there's your thinking and then the bit that's aware. Like, who is that bit that's aware? What is it? There's a separation between your thinking and your awareness. So if you really understand and sit with the fact that you're not your thinking, well, then it doesn't really matter what your mind throws up because you can choose not to believe it. So instead of wrestling with a limiting belief or trying to change it, you could always just completely decide, realize, well, I'm not my thinking, so I can choose to ignore it. At least that's what I've seen. And I used to spend a lot of time, wasted time, fighting with myself over these limiting beliefs. Now I just realize, no, no. If I can take action, and that's the key bit, I think that made the difference with my client on the number side was, I got an opening with her, so enough to say, let's take action in the area of numbers, get some quick wins. And all of a sudden she's thinking, hang on a second here, I can do this, I get this. Actually, I'm good at this. But you can't take action if you're not, if you believe that you're thinking. If you believe you're thinking, you won't take action. And that's the problem. That's really the problem that people don't take action because they believe they're thinking. I hope some of this makes sense. Um, so a couple of questions for you. Like, what do you see for yourself? Is there, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of areas where it's really good, but is there some area for whatever reason it's limiting? And maybe you, you might have bought into the logic of, oh, well, that's because I'm this kind of person. Hmm, I'm going to say challenge that. What would you like to see for yourself that's better in terms of your future? Is it financial, relationships, health maybe is a good one? Or maybe it's levels of success. Or maybe you're listening to this thinking, maybe I'm not just good enough as a, as a leader. That's probably also a limiting belief. What about the impact of your work? Are you, are you able to see yourself with the impact that you want? I mean, if self-concept is destiny, we got to ask ourselves, well, what, are, what are you seeing? What are we seeing? And if you don't like it, well, what will you, what will you allow yourself to see? I suppose to close it out, what if, what if we decided not to get caught up in the negative aspects of our thinking or the limiting beliefs from these limiting self-concepts, but that we saw them for what they are? that the recordings from the past, that isn't accurate. It never was, it's outdated, it just wasn't true. But for whatever reason, we just took it in and we believed it and we built a story around that. Maybe today, listening to this, maybe today's the day that you decide you're gonna challenge that story and write a new script. And every day, I would encourage you to, to deliberately see and imagine the person you'd like to see uh, because as I said at the start, you know, self-concept is destiny, unless you see it for what it is. But if, like many, many people, um, you feel that there are, or you're bumping up against limiting beliefs, I would encourage you to stop and to really dig in, go into the waterline, go deeper down into the iceberg, and 
draw out what might be blocking something new emerging, what might be influencing your behavior from the past. It is possible to very simply change that. It is possible to evolve and improve your self-image. You can install, um, using your imagination, uh, new programs for the future of yourself, a future you. But, but um, the reality is, is that you have to deal with what's in there sometimes. That might be blocking. And if that's the case, I would suggest, I would encourage you to explore that area and, if needs be, find somebody to help you draw it out into the light and kill it. Because once you kill it and you clear that space, it's 10,000 times easier to bring in a new concept, a new self-concept. And if new self-concept, if sorry, if a self-concept is your destiny, well, how powerful is that? I think it's worth the effort. That's it for this week. Ciao for now.